Welcome to Talking for the Health of It with Permanente Medicine. I'm James Boyle, Health Engagement Trainer. And I'm Amy Kaiser, Communication Coordinator. We both work on the health engagement team here at the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group, where we serve members of Kaiser Permanente in the Mid-Atlantic region. Today, we're talking with Permanente Medicine physician, Dr. Margaret Schwiso about gut health. Welcome, Dr. Schwiso. Thank you for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your specialty. Thanks for having me. My name is Margaret Schwiso. I'm a double board certified internal medicine and gastroenterology physician with the Mid-Atlantic Permanente Medical Group. I specialize in inflammatory bowel disease, and I am certified in pediatric nutrition. I see patients at the Northern Virginia service area. Gut health is a pretty hot topic that a lot of people are talking about right now. Could you start us off by telling us what gut health means and what part of the body is affected? Absolutely. So when we talk about gut health, you know, we talk about the the health of our digestive tract and what comprises of digestive tract. So digestive tract is a, a very long organ that starts in the mouth, goes down your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, large intestine that ends in rectum and anus, and as well as other organs that aid in digestion, which are biliary tract, your gallbladder, your liver, and your pancreas. What does it mean to really have a healthy gut? Uh, it means that you live your life without any symptoms of bloating, indigestion, heartburn, diarrhea, constipation, gas, or abdominal pain. And Dr. Shuisa, you shared a lot of general and pretty common health symptoms. How can we know whether what we're experiencing is gut issues or maybe something else? There's no particular test that we can order to check your gut microbiome as of today. I certainly recommend if you are suffering from a daily uh, discomfort and symptoms that are interfering with the quality of your life, you should certainly reach out to your physician uh, because your physician will sit down and help you understand whether this is something that needs to be further investigated with diagnostic testing or not. So I think that having that good report with your physician is extremely important and they will guide you whether you know you need additional testing such as endoscopy or a colonoscopy. How is gut health linked to our overall well-being? So roughly 2,500 years ago, an ancient Greek physician, Hippocrates, stated all disease begins in the gut, and he was really onto something. Now we're finding out that we have trillions of bugs that uh, live within our digestive tract, and they're not only responsible for digestion, but they play a very crucial role in other bodily functions and systems. So what we're finding out is that, you know, we all have a very unique composition of the microbiome. It's almost kind of like a fingerprint, individual fingerprint. And we are seeing that the, the gut microbiome will help us respond and even modulate the risk of certain diseases, including cancer. So for example, people who have um, healthy gut they have a certain balance or certain ratio of the good uh, bacteria and the bad bacteria, and they have a very diversified um, bacterial flora. And we're finding out that those who suffer from certain intestinal uh, conditions or uh, metabolic conditions, they have a completely 
a different pool of bacteria and they were also finding out that the diversity of that bacteria within their gut is very limited. Gut microbiome is certainly a very hot uh, topic and uh, there's a lot of research going on on gut microbiome. So every day we're finding out more and more about the role and importance of uh, gut microbiome in our uh, general health. Dr. Shvizov, could you talk about what are some of the signs of an unhealthy gut? Sure. So aside from, you know, the standard digestive issues such as bloating, gas, diarrhea, heartburn, or abdominal pain, other signs of poor gut health can uh, include skin rashes or acne or perhaps fatigue or, or brain fog. It could be joint pains. It, it could be anything from disturbed sleep or trouble with concentration or even sugar cravings. So if someone is experiencing any or maybe all of those symptoms, how can they start to build a healthier gut? That is a wonderful question, Amy. And uh, I do have to tell you that there's no one pill or one uh, thing that a person can do to fix this. Um, And the reason why is because it is a complex issue um, and multiple aspects of your life need uh, addressing. So it's not only, you know, your diet, but there are certain lifestyle modification that you need to be aware uh, to implement to improve your overall gut health. A lot of times I get asked in my GI clinic about a pill that people are looking for that would fix everything. And I always say, you know, there's no one panacea pill that you can take. Many times, you know, They ask me about, well, are there any particular probiotic pills or maybe there are some digestive enzymes that you would recommend that I can take? And the answer to a lot of times disappointment to many people is no, that there isn't. The American College of Gastroenterology, ACG, came up with a review on um, the topic of the probiotics, and the data shows that routine probiotic use is not recommended for general population. This certainly comes as a surprise because if you go to your you know, neighborhood grocery store, you see aisles and aisles uh, filled with uh, different types of probiotics. It's not an FDA-regulated industry. So uh, to answer your question, you know, I always start, what really are your goals? And we go from there. Digestive enzymes, vitamins, immune-boosting supplements um, have never been more sought after. And um, like I said, it's not um, that that's not how it works, unfortunately. Could you talk about probiotics? What are they? Absolutely. So the, the term probiotic basically defines an, uh, a, a good bacteria that helps your digestion. Probiotics can be uh, manufactured in a pill form, and you can find many pill probiotic pill supplements on the shelves in even your local grocery store. And then probiotics can also come from food. When we are talking about food, we are usually thinking some form of a fermented foods. So for example, anything from yogurt, kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, tempeh, miso, they have the live probiotic, which is the live bacteria, okay? the When we think about the foods that contain probiotics, we're thinking about the food 
that's not fermented will have the prebiotic fiber. And that actually is the food that will allow the probiotic, the actual bacteria, to grow. So that's why we call it a prebiotic food or prebiotic fiber. By definition, this most of the time involves plants because animal products do not have fiber. So we're basically talking about fruits, vegetables, legumes, whole grains. What changes can people make to nourish a healthy gut in terms of food choices? What might that look like in action? It's a great question. And it certainly starts with diet, diet and and, and lifestyle changes. So let's talk about diet first. So we know that in order to have a better gut health, we need to consume foods that will allow us to grow the good bacteria or diversify the bacteria in our gut. So really looking at this concept, you know, we know that diversification of the bacteria in our gut comes from fiber. Fiber delivers prebiotics. So think of it as the food for the good bacteria to grow. And the the foods come from, the fiber comes from plants. Everybody knows fruits and vegetables, they have a lot of fiber, there's soluble fiber, insoluble fiber, but we can also get fiber from legumes, which are beans, lentils, and we can also get fiber from um, whole grains, as well as nuts and seeds. I like to bring up the mnemonic called F-goals or fiber goals, and I counsel my patients that every day you should have um, something from this list on your plate. So let's take a look at the F goals. So F stands for fruit and fermented foods. So there's really no limitation on fruit. You can eat as many fruit, eat fruit in season, and please do not worry about the sugar that comes in a fruit because the sugar that comes from a fruit is connected to fiber, okay? So it will not have the same effect on your metabolic health or your insulin spike as the sugar that comes from uh, a Twinkie. Now, fermented foods, so the examples of fermented foods include yogurt, kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, um, miso, or tempeh. And I recommend um, consuming fermented food in moderation, meaning just a little bit, half a cup a day, uh, don't go overboard with, with fermented foods. Now, G in the mnemonics stands for grains and greens. So greens, leafy greens, anything from kale, spinach, Brussels sprouts, and so forth. They they are very rich in vitamin K, uh, folic acid, as well as grains. So many times, you know, grains are excluded by many fat diets, but grains provide an incredible amount of protein as well as fiber. And just to give you some examples of uh, grains uh, or whole grains are barley, quinoa, buckwheat, oats, farro, bulgur, or amaranth. So going down the uh, list, O stands for omega-3 super seeds. A lot of times people like to take omega-3 supplements, but I also tell them that the best uh, way to increase omega-3 fatty acids in your diet is actually introduction of chia seeds or flax seeds or hemp seeds. They are uh, high in protein, high in uh, fiber, and they are high in omega-3s. Now, I um, 
recommend that you add them to your smoothies, to your oatmeal, or to your stews or soups. A stands for aromatics. So these are your onions and or garlic, so flavor foods. Also shallots, chives, scallions, leek. The chemical that is in these aromatic vegetables is called allium, and this is basically a chemical that has anti-cancer properties. L stands for legumes, so these are your beans and your lentils and your chickpeas. And S stands for sulforaphanes, shrooms, and seaweed. So the example of sulforaphanes are your cruciferous veggies, so anything from broccoli, cauliflower, broccoli sprouts, and uh, shrooms. Any you know, shrooms are kind of uh, a different category, but I grouped them together here for many health benefits and seaweed and. Seaweed is an excellent source of iodine and B12 in our diet. So going back to your question, Amy, this is how, you know, in terms of the diet, the really eating uh, diverse foods every day, trying to aim for roughly five different plants every single day will allow you to really diversify the good bugs in your gut, and that will allow you to um, have a healthier uh, overall gut health. Unfortunately, you know, an average American eats barely um, 10 to 15 grams of fiber per day, and the, the daily recommended fiber intake should be roughly 30 uh, grams per day. Um, and unfortunately, we're only eating maybe five to 10 same vegetables every single week. And uh, in order to help diversify the gut microbiome and improve gut health, we really should be aiming for roughly 30 different plants per week. Okay. And that includes nuts and seeds and things like that. But um, that, that should be really our goal. In addition to these uh, dietary changes, changes in the way folks are eating, what are some lifestyle changes that could benefit someone's gut? Absolutely. So it's not only diet that matters, but it's all the, the, the other things that we do. And when we look at our uh, lifestyle changes, yes, th there's so much more we can do to help uh, grow a better uh, gut. One of the things that I talk about, you might be surprised, is just getting out more, meaning spending time in nature and, you know, go outside, get dirty in your garden. And it, there's a lot of studies that are coming out that are showing association between being in nature, being exposed to nature and improved gut health. And obviously, you know, daily exercise is uh, comes as no surprise. When you're moving your body, you are improving your metabolism, you are excreting certain hormones, the happy hormones, the feel-better hormones, and, and that plays a role in stress re reduction, which is important for gut health as well. Another important thing is, you know, and this kind of uh, is a shocker for a lot of my patients, I tell them, stop this uh, heavy sterilization at home, meaning use uh, less bleach at home use non-toxic uh, cleaning chemicals or non-toxic, you know, makeup products. And, and and the reason why is because if we're bleaching everything out to the oblivion, we're actually killing a lot of good bacteria that live on our skin that are actually also part of the microbiome diversity. Obviously, improve your sleep quality, right? So we should be all aiming for an earlier uh, bedtime uh, rise early in the morning, and really minimize your screen time. You know, turn off your 
mute your um, cell phone, don't really watch late night TV, maybe perhaps grab a book and just aim for that good quality, at least eight hour sleep. There's also a lot of studies that are coming out that are telling us that having a pet is good for your gut microbiome and your gut health. Having a pet will expose you to certain bacteria that will promote diversification in your gut microbiome. So yes, so having a pet is a, a really uh, good thing. Obviously, you know, uh, minimizing certain toxins and uh, uh, such as smoking or alcohol. Back in the day, we thought that oh, perhaps red wine was okay because it had certain polyphenol. But now the studies are showing that even red wine, the, the risks of red wine um, outweigh the, the benefits. So we do not recommend any sort of you know, alcohol because of the direct impact on gut health. Antibiotic use. So you know, we, we all know that unfortunately we are the, the prescriptions for antibiotics. There's a lot of inappropriate uh, prescri prescribing of antibiotics. Obviously, if you have um, a real uh, confirmed uh, infection and you need antibiotics, that's a different story. But there's a lot of patients who are getting uh, antibiotics that are not only killing whatever infection you're treating, they're also killing a lot of good bugs in your gut. And then the consequences uh, are can be really bad. So, for example, you know, it takes an, on average anywhere between three to six months to rebuild all the good bacteria that um, was affected during a, a single course, a 10-day course of uh, antibiotic for whatever reason. Stress reduction, find a way to reduce stress. Try to find, you know, find an outlet or a hobby or practice mindfulness. Spend time with loved ones. Find a meaning in life and find few minutes per day where you actually are thinking about your life and come up with three things that you're actually really grateful for. And all of that, yes, will, will affect your uh, gut health as well. Dr. Teresa, what are the main points you would like members to walk away with today about gut health? So gut health is certainly a very important topic. It's not only the health of your digestive tract, but it also affects your general well-being. There's a lot of things you can do to improve the health of your gut, therefore the health of your entire body. Gut health is not about a restrictive diet dietary pattern, but there are certain lifestyle choices that you need to be aware of. It's certain dietary pattern that allows you to diversify the food that you eat, which will result in diversification of your gut microbiome. You need to understand that Aside from the diet, what you do on a daily basis matters. And this includes the movement of your body, good quality sleep, stress reduction, avoidance of unnecessary toxins in your body, all play a role in maintaining good gut health. Dr. Shwisa, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. We hope you check back in with us for future episodes on wellness topics and specials covering specific areas of health. This has been Talking for the Health of It, and we'll talk to you next time.